Thank you for joining us for the 10th Missouri River Basin Management Conference call of 2012. I am Monique Farmer and I will moderate today's call. These calls are recorded in their entirety. Your participation acknowledges your consent to be recorded. The agenda for today's call will be as follows. Dr. Dennis Toddy, the South Dakota State Climatologist, will talk about the short and long-range precipitation and temperature outlook from the NOAA Climate Prediction Center. Kevin Lau with the National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center will talk about the latest weather outlook for Missouri River Basin this summer. Jody Farhat, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division, will provide an update on the Corps Reservoir Release Schedule. Then we will receive a levee repair status update provided by Brett Budd, Chief of the Omaha District Systems Restoration Team. We will also receive an update on repairs from Robin Wonkum, Kansas City District Emergency Operations Center. And then we will field questions by state. We do use a forced mute function during this call. To unmute your line during the call, please enter star six. The function does not work on all phones, so please be aware that if this mute function does not work on your phone, all others on the call will be able to hear your conversation. I would, allow not, I would now like to complete a roll call for this afternoon's speakers. We'll start with Dr. Toddy. Are you on the line? I'm here. Thanks, Dr. Toddy. Kevin Lau, are you on the line? Is star six to come off mute? I think I'm here. This is Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Robin Wonkum, are you on the line? I'm on the line, Monique. Thank you, Robin. A link to our press kit, which does include bios, Missouri River Basin information, and historical data can be found in your media advisory. The slides for Dr. Toddy's portion of the call today can also be found there. You can also access the press kit from our website. We offer this conference call in a podcast format in iTunes. Follow the link from your media advisory or go to iTunes and run a search for Missouri River Basin Water Management to subscribe to the podcast. We will now begin with Dr. Dennis Toddy, the South Dakota State Climatologist. He will provide us with the short and long-range precipitation and temperature outlooks from the NOAA Climate Prediction Center. The charts he will reference begin on page 20 of your press kit. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, good to be here with you, give an update on some of our current conditions and what we're looking at in the way of outlooks. Um, the first slide hits at some of the key points about this. As we talked about the last time, uh, the El Nino-La Nina situation, we are in a neutral phase right now, uh, which opens up a lot more possibilities in the way of what temperature and precipitation outlooks and the other factors we look at related to that. Uh, mountain snowpack has, has seen a little bit of an uptick in some places, but still mostly below average for this time of the year. Um, generally warmer than average conditions across the southern part of the basin, uh, a little bit colder than average in the northern part, uh, which has some implications in the way of water, uh, water balances in the basin. Uh, generally drier with a couple isolated areas of some heavier rainfalls that have occurred over the last 30 days. As we're looking ahead uh, from a prediction standpoint, um, there's been kind of a shift that most likely the, uh, 
there is a warmer than average uh, over most of the basin. Conditions are most, most likely warmer than average through June. Uh, the precipitation outlook for that time period uh, looking like a better than average chances for, for wetter in the north part, like in Montana, North Dakota area, uh, and turning drier later on, uh, maybe drier conditions in the southern part of the basin. And that is where some drought issues are starting to pop up uh, in, 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 some of the, uh, in some of the discussions in the southern part of the basin. Uh, if we go to the next slide, kind of a, a review of what's happened over the last 30 days. On the left-hand side is temperature conditions over the last 30 days. Redder is warmer, and blues and purples are colder. So uh, kind of a dichotomy that uh, most of, from South Dakota to the southern part of the basin, is, has been warmer during that time period, a little bit cooler to the north. Uh, which is somewhat related to the percent of normal precipitation, which is in the lower right-hand side. Um, the, the little bit wetter areas up in Montana, some uh, locations of uh, wetter, and then in, in eastern South Dakota, some uh, wetter areas, too, under some heavier rainfalls. But those have been more isolated. General conditions have been drier than average over the last 30 days. Uh, next slide, we won't talk about too much, but just a kind of an indicated on what's uh, comparing snowpack in the mountains versus uh, this time of year and other years. Uh, there's been a little bit of an uptick uh, in the last couple weeks, uh, but still below average overall. Uh, next slide, hitting at Missouri River stream conditions. Kevin Lau will be talking more about that. Uh, currently, uh, you know, the green areas indicate no flooding across most of the basin right now. Let's go on to the next slide and look at uh, outlooks, temperature and precipitation outlooks for the next uh, two weeks, which takes us through a good chunk of June. Temperatures on the left-hand side, see most of the basin is in, is in a fairly high likelihood of warmer than average conditions. Um, warm, warm is, is quite, warmer than average is quite likely, ha like, as similar to has been last, uh, say, 30 days or so. But on the right-hand side, you see from Montana over to northern or to North Dakota, northern South Dakota, a decent chance for above average precipitation chances. As we look in the southern part of the basin, the near normal precipitation is expected. If we look at the June outlook, that is, is similar to what we're going to what we're the if we're looking at these two weeks, it's a good chunk of what's we're looking at in June. Again, most likely warmer than average conditions over most of the basin, except for maybe a little bit of the far northern part in western Montana. Um, most likely warmer conditions, and what that does is that uh, again uh, increases uh, evaporation rates. So you're going to reduce any kind of runoff because of that, because reducing, you're moving more water through evaporation or transpiration of the warmer-than-average conditions. Uh, precipitation outlooks, uh, that same area, Montana over North Dakota, higher likelihood of above-average precipitation. doesn't look like excessive precipitation, but the pattern appears to be staying active, that there will be, uh, uh, there will be um, systems coming over. It's giving us general chances for precipitation. As you move further south in the basin, uh, chances for precipitation become somewhat less. And then last outlooks are the same as the last time. Uh, the last times we discussed um, that uh, there's no real changes to those. An interesting dichotomy, though, or an interesting contrast in the outlook, especially in the way of precipitation, where that area of Montana through June is indicated to be uh, a higher than average likelihood for precipitation, but then the June through August time period is saying drier than average. So it's an interesting contrast that we have going on here. And then July to September, basically the same thing. Last slide, uh, 
the uh, drought update, we have seen an increase in D0, which is indicating uh, abnormally dry conditions over much of the basin. A couple more areas of D1 have shown up uh, in, in other parts of the basin, and that has raised some of the level of, of dryness discussion in the ag sectors uh, particularly. Uh, the seasonal drought outlook, there's been no changes to that. That has not been updated last time. And that concludes my report. Thank you, Dr. Toddy. Kevin Lau, um, his bio is not in the press kit, so I'll spell his last name. First name, common spelling, Lau, L is in love, O-W, with the National Weather Service Missouri Basin River Forecast Center. We'll talk about the latest potential outlook along the Missouri River Basin this summer. Uh, good afternoon, and thank you, Monique. Um, the National Weather Service continues to project a normal risk of flooding for most areas within the Missouri Basin for the next three months. Normal risk implies that for those locations which typically experience flooding during the late spring and early summer, we expect a likelihood of flooding again in 2013. For those locations which normally do not flood, we are not projecting that flooding will likely occur this year. The June water supply forecast developed in conjunction with the Natural Resources Conservation Service is expected to be released by early next week. Preliminary estimates indicate that the June outlook will project generally slightly below average stream flows in the mountainous west for the June to September outlook period. The exception to this below average stream flow condition is in the Platte system where stream flows in both the North and South Platte basins are expected to be near record lows. Higher elevation snowpack conditions are as follows. The snow water equivalent in the higher elevations of the St. Mary and Milk Basins is somewhat above average for this time of year. To date, we have ablated approximately one-third of this year's peak snow water equivalent amount. The snow water equivalent in the higher elevations of the Yellowstone and Missouri headwaters above Fort Peck is generally average for this time of year. We have ablated approximately one-half of this year's peak snow water equivalent accumulation to date. There is no appreciable snow water equivalent left in the Platte system. Today we do have flood forecasts issued for a few tributaries, a couple of the tributaries of the Yellowstone, Boulder River, and Clark's Fork. This is minor uh, in category and is uh, typical. As stated in earlier briefings, we do not expect significant flooding due to higher elevation snowmelt in the mountains and we are in fact quickly transitioning out of the period where snowmelt is typically a major contributing factor to flooding. We continue to project a greater than 50% chance of flooding for some of the smaller tributaries to the Missouri River below Gavin's Point during the next three months. Multiple convective rainfall events since mid-March have already resulted in minor and moderate level flooding along many of the smaller tributaries feeding the Missouri. Most recently, heavy rains occurring along the Nebraska-South Dakota-Iowa borders in the latter half of May resulted in minor and even some moderate flooding in the Little and Big Sioux basins. Since mid-March, three locations on the Missouri River itself have experienced minor flood levels, Rulo, St. Joseph, and Gasconade. The occurrence of tributary flooding due to convective events is typical in the lower portion of the basin and although we are now transitioning into a generally drier period of the year, flooding due to thunderstorm activity is to be expected off and on 
throughout the summer months. Thank you. This concludes the National Weather Service Flood Potential Brief. Thank you, Kevin. Jody Farhat, Chief of the Missouri River Basin Water Management Division, will now provide an update on the Corps' reservoir release schedule. Thank you, Monique, and thanks, everyone, for joining us on the call today. Uh, yesterday, we posted the June runoff forecast and the reservoir regulation studies on our website. A press release regarding the studies will be coming out later this afternoon. Now I'll ask two of the senior hydraulic engineers in my office to describe these studies in more detail. We'll start with Bill Doan to discuss the updated 2012 runoff forecast. Uh, thanks, Jody. Uh, the June 1st runoff forecast above Sioux City, Iowa is 22.2 million acre-feet. This is 89% of the normal runoff. And the runoff above Gavin's Point is forecast to be 19.6 million acre-feet, which equates to 86% of normal. This is a slight increase from last month's forecast due to higher the normal runoff in reach between Gavin's Point and Sioux City. Uh, actual May uh, Missouri runoff was 3.3 million acre-feet for last month. This is 102% of normal above Sioux City. And in reach above uh, Gavin's Point is 2.7 million acre-feet, which is 92% of normal. Uh, Kevin Lau mentioned the snowpack, but kind of another way to look at it is uh, it peaked at 97% of the average uh, value on April, or April 9th. And the snowpack in the four-pack to garrison reach peaked at 88% of the average peak, and that occurred on March 22nd. Uh, snowpack normally peaks around April 15th. As of June 1st, the four-pack snowpack was 87% of normal, and the garrison snowpack was 70% of normal. Below average snowpack and early peak date has led us to forecast four-pack and garrison runoff in the May, June, and July era, uh, time frame to be 83% of normal. Uh, mountain snowpack conditions are significantly different this year as compared to last year. Last year, the mountain snowpack peaked at 8, 141% of average and above four pack and 130, 136% of normal uh, of average on April 15th. And that occurred on May 2nd. The, in terms of actual uh, runoff, the reach between Gavin's Point Dam and Sioux City is forecasted to have slightly average, slightly higher than average runoff for June. In all other reaches, the forecast indicates lower than normal runoff for the remainder of the calendar year. And a quick summarizing, for our runoff, we are forecasting 22.2 million acre-feet above Sioux City and 19.6 million acre-feet above Gavin's Point Dam. Okay, thanks, Bill. Now we'll have Joel Konopczynski discuss the planned regulation of the mainstream reservoir system. Currently, system storage is 57 million acre-feet, or 0.2 million acre-feet above the base of the annual flood control zone. We have 16.1 million acre-feet of available flood storage. Last year at this time, the system storage was 71 million acre-feet, or 14.2 million acre-feet above the base of the annual flood control zone. Gavin's Point releases average 28,000 cubic feet per second in May to wet low-lying sandbars and islands to encourage the least turns and piping plovers to nest on higher elevation habitat. Both birds are protected under the Endangered Species Act. Currently releases are 31,000 CFS and are expected to remain steady throughout the month in support of navigation and other downstream uses. Now, based on our June 1st studies and utilizing the runoff conditions that were just discussed, starting with the navigation service level, this is used to determine the support releases from Gavin's Point Dam to provide a 300-foot wide, 8- to 9-foot deep navigation channel downstream from Sioux City to St. Louis 
and it's depending depends on the system storage conditions. We are currently providing full service flow support for navigation, which began April 1st at the mouth near St. Louis. Flow support for the second half of the season is based on the July 1st system storage check. Under the basic runoff forecast, we will be providing full service flow support for the second half of the season. This will likely require Gavin's Point dam releases in the lower 30,000 CFS range. If drought-like conditions continue to develop in the basin and runoff falls below projections, navigation service levels may be lowered for the second half of the season. The navigation season length, flow support for the typical navigation season starts in mid-March and ceases near the end of November for an eight-month season. Navigation season length is based on the July 1st system storage check. Based on the studies, there will be flow support for the full navigation season. Energy generation at the main stem dams for 2012, we are looking at 9.7 billion kilowatt hours forecasted, and this compares to the long-term average of approximately 10 billion kilowatt hours. For more details on the June 1st forecast, please visit the Missouri River Water Management website, and thank you. Thank you, Joel. We will now have a levy repair status update provided by Brett Budd, Chief of the Omaha District Systems Restoration Team. Thank you, Monique, and good afternoon, everyone. Currently, the Omaha District has 19 levy rehabilitation projects that are authorized and funded under Public Law 8499. To date, 11 of the 19 levy systems have awards in ongoing construction. We anticipate awarding construction contracts in the majority of the remaining systems in the next few months. The most critical and time-sensitive repairs have been completed, and we are finishing our current construction contracts. It's important to know that this is not the end of the work on the levies in the PL8499 program in the Missouri River Basin. We're simply finishing up the initial round of repairs that included the most critical fixes. There will be many more repairs to come. Current heavy construction is underway at the following. Levy L575 near Hamburg. On March 27th, a contract was awarded for the construction of a 3.8-mile setback levy north of Highway 2. Ongoing work includes identifying sand and cohesive borrow areas, stripping soil, and stockpiling sand. On April 27th, the contract was ordered to begin surveying and geotechnical investigations on a new three-mile setback levee south of Highway 2 along River Miles 556 to 559 across from the OPPD coal-fired power plant. Levy R-573 south of Nebraska City, Nebraska. On May 21st, the Omaha District awarded a modification to Newt Marine's task order for the levee in the amount of $1.1 million. The purpose of this modification is for the construction of an additional seepage berm. Initial construction activities are ongoing, uh, including rock riprap being placed to protect the levee toe, and dredging is ongoing to provide sand for the new seepage berm. Overall, the initial work is currently 88% complete. Levee L601 south of Pacific Junction, Iowa. Site con construction is ongoing on a sand seepage berm, Installation of tow drain, seating, and replacement of a piggyback levy section. The work on this levy section is beginning to wind down as it nears completion. Over the past several months, we've engaged in geotechnical investigations along areas that experienced seepage problems during the flood of 2011. The analysis of that data is ongoing and leading to decisions regarding the installation of a deep additional seepage berms or relief wells as needed along the repaired levees. Based on those geotechnical investigations, we anticipate Phase two contracts in the coming weeks to be awarded for the Omaha Flood Protection Project, uh, Levy L624-627 in Council Bluffs, Iowa, R616 and 613 near Bellevue, uh, Levy L611-614 south of Council Bluffs, L575 near Percival in Hamburg, Iowa, 
L550 near Rockport, Missouri, and L536 south of Rockport, Missouri. Additionally, solicitations for the following projects are expected in the near future. L594 west of Thurman, Iowa. R562 north of Peru, Nebraska. R520 north of Rulo, Nebraska. R548 at Brownsville in uh, Nebraska. And levees located at Howells, Nebraska, Sydney, Nebraska, and Lake Wakanda, Nebraska. We will also be soliciting a task order contract for the installation of relief wells along the levees. Uh, simply put, our goal is to complete the investigations, design, and all construction for levee repairs at the end of the calendar year. To date, the Omaha District has ordered contracts for $99.2 million for levee repairs. In parallel with our effort of performing levee repairs, we've also begun assessments, design, and repairs at all six mainstem dams and associated operating projects like the Williston Levee in Williston, North Dakota. Currently, the District has awarded $34.9 million in contract work at the dams and operating projects. The current estimate for all main stem dams and related flood control structure repairs is over $200 million. The goal is to have the majority of the dam repairs under contract by the end of this fiscal year. One common project across the main, six main stem dams are gate repairs. These include a 3D computer model of the gates, inspection and repair of wells, sandblasting, and painting. The work will be done in three phases. The first phase, which includes the 28 tainter gates at Garrison Dam, each of which are 40 feet by 29 feet, and the eight tainter gates at Oahe Dam, which are 50 feet by 23 and a half feet, are out for proposals, and the proposals are currently being uh, reviewed. The second phase will include Big Bend Dam and Fort Randall Dam. For phase three, we'll work on Fort Peck Dam and Gavin's Point. Taking a look at the current and upcoming significant work for the dams and associated flood control projects, at Fort Peck Dam in Montana, assessments using non-destructive testings have been performed on the spillway chute slabs and walls, and also on the emergency spillway gates. The Corps anticipates awarding a contract for repairs to the spillway by the end of September. Those repairs will restore the capacity of the dam to pass releases from the spillway, similar to those experienced in 2011. In addition, the Omaha District will conduct a flow test on the spillway the week of September 4th to determine the performance level of the subdrain system beneath the concrete slabs. We are also reviewing our contractor's recommendations for the repair of the plunge pole located at the end of the emergency spillway. We will make a decision shortly on the path forward to accomplish the necessary repairs to stabilize the structure damaged by last year's flood. At Oahe Fort Randall Big Bend Dams in South Dakota, assessments were conducted on the spillway slab conditions at these three dams, including the use of ground penetrating radar. Minor slab repairs were indicated at both Oahe and Big Bend. Fort Randall has somewhat greater repair needs, including partial slab and sill repairs, as well as debris removal. Requests for proposals on these spillway repairs are anticipated to be issued by July. At Pier, South Dakota, a $2.7 million construction contract has been awarded to repair the Pier Causeway. The contractor has removed debris and completed uh, placing riprap on the upstream face of the causeway. Approximately 15% of the work is completed. At Big Bend Dam in South Dakota, the left Telrace campground sustained substantial damages to roads, camp pads, and the site's electrical systems. The opening of this popular campground and its adjoining parking area will be delayed until this fall. Contracts for comp, uh, campground repairs were ordered April 26th and May 1st. At Gavin's Point Dam in South Dakota, the contractor has provided their preliminary data from the assessment that took place on May 9th at Gavin's Point. Using information from ground-penetrating radar supplemented by traditional coring methods at intermittent locations to ground truth the data, the contractor was able to confirm the damage concerns we had within the frost blanket beneath the spillway slab. 
This data helps us better delineate the area's impact and will lead to developing an engineering response to fix the issue. In the meantime, interim repairs have been implemented to minimize the risk of additional frost blanket deterioration if it becomes necessary to use a spillway in the near future. Additionally, some anomalies were noted in the GPR data indicated to give a, deep, a picture of the deeper elevations below the frost blanket. The processing of GPR data is extremely complicated and its results can be subject to a number of different interpretations. At this point, we're uncertain as to the exact cause of those anomalies and whether they are byproducts of the original construction or actual changes in the underlying foundation materials. As part of our normal process, we begin an internal review of the data and are making arrangements for an independent third-party examination of it as well. We anticipate that these internal and external reviews may take several weeks or months to complete. <laughs> Depending upon the conclusions at the end of that period, it may be necessary to conduct additional site investigation using non-destructive and or destructive techniques, such as other geophysical methods, soil borings, or selected excavations. One other facet of our work centers on bank stabilization and navigation projects along the Missouri River main stem and its tributaries. Here are the current major projects underway. We've awarded a contract for scour repair to the Upper Hamburg Chute near Levy 573 on February 14th, and construction is 96% complete. A contract for scour repair at Council Bend near the Tolva Council Bluff Levy L624-627 was awarded on May 21st. The Lower Hamburg Chute entrance near Levy L575 uh, was awarded on May 24th. Future Missouri River Bank Stabilization and Navigation Structure Repairs uh, the first increment from River Mile 636.5 near Fort Calhoun, Nebraska to River Mile 752 at Sioux City, Iowa was advertised on May 21st and proposals were received yesterday. We anticipate an award within the next week. A similar request for proposal was uh, due on June 7th for repairs to the critical structures from Fort Calhoun to River Mile 498 at Rudolph, Nebraska. That project was advertised on May 24th. Additional information and updates are available on the Omaha District website under Flood 2011 Repairs link. Thank you, and back to you, Mike. Thanks, Brett. Robin Wonkum of the Kansas City District Emergency Operations Center will now provide an update on the status of levy repairs. Good afternoon, Monique. This is Robin Wonkum. Uh, the Kansas City District... Robin, are you still there? Can you press star six? I'm sorry, you had some background noise coming in. Sorry, Monique, I thought I'd push the right button. Um, this is Robin Wonkum from the Kansas City District. The Kansas City District had 57 requests for assistance. 53 of those levy rehab projects were identified to complete. Four projects were denied due to minimal damages. At this time, five levy districts are self-performing repairs, leaving 48 projects for uh, repairs by the Army Corps of Engineers. The rough order magnitude of those damages is approximately $42 million. Five of the 48 remaining levy projects have completed repairs, which includes Union Township, Rushville Sugar Lake, Bean Lake, North Kansas City, and Wakandaw Levy. 20 of the 31 contracts anticipated have been awarded for approximately $18.2 million. Three solicitation announcements are currently posted for R440, the Belcher Lozier Levy System, and the MRLS L476. Levy repair status in the state of Kansas 
in Clyde, Kansas. A construction contract was awarded to Bayer Construction on 13 April. Bayer is approximately 55% complete and is planning to finish up rock placement this week. Contract completion is scheduled for July 1st. MRLS 471-460-R, a construction contract was awarded on 9 February to Cajun Contractors of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Overall, this contract is 70% complete. The current required contract completion date is June 27th. Great Ballen Schwartz, a construction contract was awarded to Coastal Engineering for $141,500 on 10 May to repair breaches. Contractor is awaiting notice of intent approval by the Kansas Department of Health and Environment prior to initiating work. Kansas Department of Corrections, this uh, contract was awarded to AJL Precision on 5 April to repair breach and scour repair. Final inspection is to be held during the week of June 11th. Contract completion is 11 August 2012. Walcott Drainage District, Sections 1, 2, and 3. A construction contract was awarded to Prudent Technologies on May 9th. KDHE approved the notice of intent on 21 May and work began last week. MRLS 440-R, the solicitation was posted on 21 May. Bids are due June 21st. In the state of Missouri, levy repair status, Union Township, uh, this contract was awarded on 16 February 2012. The project was completed by Idecker Construction on 25 May 2012. Holt County Number 10, Section 2, this contract was awarded to ESI Incorporated for $1,167,691 on 22 May. The contractor has mobilized to the site this week. Contract completion date is 15 September 2012. MRLS 497-L, this contract was awarded to McKinsey Construction Incorporated for $3,251,930 on 25 May. The contractor plans to mobilize to the site on June 11th. Contract completion is 1 December 2012. MRLS 488-L. Contract was awarded to Phillips Grading and Construction Incorporated of Boonville, Missouri for $2,363,808 on 22 May of 2012. Contractor to mobilize to the site on 7 June. Contract completion date is scheduled for 29 November of 2012. Holt County Number 9, a construction contract was awarded to HB Construction on 10 April. The contractor began work on 22 May 2012. Contract completion date is 8 August. MRLS 476-L, the solicitation was posted on 4 April. Bids are due 21 June pending real estate certification by the sponsor. Cannon Drainage District and Kimsey Holly Creek Levy. This project was awarded 22 March to ESI of Kansas City, Missouri. Final inspection will be completed on 11 June. Contract completion date is 25 July with seeding to be completed by 1 October. MRLS 455-L, this contract was awarded with the 471-460 contract. Contract completion date is scheduled for 20 August. 448 to 443-L, this contract was awarded to HB Construction on 31 May for $749,000. The 
The pre-construction meeting will be held later this week, and they hope to initiate work during the week of June 11th. Rushville Sugar Lake, the contract was awarded on 30 January to ESI of Kansas City. The project was completed 20 April of 2012. Bean Lake Levy, a construction contract was awarded on 10 February to TJC Engineering of Louisville, Kentucky. The project was completed on 23 May. 408L and 400L, the contract was awarded to TL Enterprises on March 23rd. Final inspection of this project will be held on 7 June. The Belcher Lozier Levy System, the solicitation was posted on 10 May. Bids are due 13 June. Henrietta Crooked River Levy Section 1, contract was awarded to Tri Smith Construction for $53,086 on 22 May. The contractor to mobilize this week. Sugar Tree Levy, the contract was awarded to Trismith Construction for $73,496 on 22 May. The contractor to mobilize this week. Saline County Number 2, a construction contract was awarded to R&L Boone Construction for $28,975 on 10 May. Overall, the project is 20% complete with some rain delays last week. And finally, Walkendall Levy District, a construction contract was awarded to Idecker on 23 January. The project was designated complete on 11 May. For continuous updates, please refer to our website at www.nwk.usace.army.mil. Click on the Levy Rehabilitation tab in the center of the site. This concludes the Kansas City District's uh, Levy Rehab update. Thank you, Robin. Just a reminder to everyone, these calls are recorded in their entirety and they can be retrieved from the CORE's website or from iTunes by no later than close of business today. We will now field questions by state for the CORE, Drs. Toddy and Kevin Lau. One moment, um, I'm going to put the phone back on fourth mute and then you'll have to press star six if you have a question. We will begin with the state of Montana. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. And it's star six to come off mute. Okay, moving to the state of Wyoming. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of North Dakota. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of South Dakota, congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of Nebraska. Monique. Yes. I had a question. This is Randy Dockner from the Press in Econ and Yankton. Um, I wonder if there's any, um, I caught a portion about Gavin's point, possibility of need of more study repair. Um, is there any more information on that? I wondered if there was, uh, uh, the one speaker could um, provide any more info on what you're looking for, what kind of tests are going to have to be conducted. Hi, yeah, this is Brad Budd with the OMI District. Uh, during the recent testing that we did in, in early May, we used ground penetrating radar and found some anomalies beneath the frost blanket. Uh, at this point, we do not what the, know what the anomalies are, and we're going through, reviewing with the contractor, we're doing an internal review of the data, and also looking for a third party to review the data 
to try to determine what the anomalies may be and also kind of look for a path forward uh, to see if we need to do any additional testing uh, to try to identify what those anomalies may be. Randy, are you still there? And you said you'll you'll have to check whether it's the original construction or, or the flood event or maybe what the source was? Okay. Correct. Um, yeah, at, at this point, we just don't know, to be okay. honest. And this will be, are you looking to do these findings this year yet? Yes. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah we're, we're actively working on it. Okay, great. And I'm sorry, who is this that was speaking? Uh, Brett Budd with the Omaha District. Oh, okay, great. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Randy. Mm -hmm. Do we have anyone else with the state of South Dakota um, with questions from the press? Yeah, Monique, this is Jerry at KGFX. Hi, Jerry. Hi. Um, I, uh, I guess I'm going back to the discussion in regards to Oahe. I'm not sure this is a if this is a new element or not, I heard something about minor slab repairs that were going to be done at Oahe and Big Bend. Can somebody elaborate a bit more? Is this something new that was discovered, or what, what's happened with that? Jerry, Greg Melima is going to take your question. And um, just a reminder on his spelling, it's M as in Mary, E as in Edward, L, L as in love, E as in Edward, M as in Mary, A as in apple. Hi, uh, this is Greg Melema. Uh, the repairs at Big Bend, uh, this was part of our normal inspection after the flood where we did similar. We did a, a visual inspection of the slab as well as ground penetrating radar to look for any issues we might have. So at Big Bend, there are some repairs to be made. Um, at Oahe, we also assessed that spillway slab as well, and we did find some minor repairs that may need to be made in the future at some point. Okay. So this is in addition to, it seems like the, there was going to be some work done on the gates and that kind of thing at the emergency spillway, too? Uh, yeah, that would be a separate project. Okay. So these are something, can you say when that was discovered, where, where the slab repair work was uh, discovered? Uh, I don't have the exact dates, but we did assessments, probably uh, wrap them up, I'm going to guess, about uh, four to six weeks ago. Correct. And uh, I'm sorry, did you say that work is going to be done this year then or this summer? Uh, at Oahe? Uh, yes. Uh, at Oahe, it's going to be dependent on funding, available funding for Oahe. Okay. Uh, obviously not a, a safety concern or anything like that? Exactly. Thanks. I'm sorry, this is uh, Randy again from Yankton. I wondered, uh, you mentioned Fort Randall. Is most of the work there done, or is there anything else that needs to be done at Fort Randall as well? On the spillway slab in particular, or was there a specific project you were con talking about? No, that about? was the spillway slab, I guess, is what you were looking at. That Fort yeah. Randall's, you said there was also some debris removal. That's all That's all done and taken care of now then, so. Uh, no, the debris removal has not been taken care of yet, and we also have slab repairs to be done at Fort Randall as well. Okay. Is that slated for this year then, or? Uh, the contract is slated to be awarded this year. Okay. And I'm sorry, could I get Bob, the spelling of Bob's last name? That was on the previous question. Uh, Brett Butt. Oh, there you go. I'm sorry. Brett Butt, he's in the press kit, Randy. Okay, thank you. Sure. Do we have any other questions from State of South Dakota Press? Okay, moving to the state of Nebraska. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. State of Iowa, Congressional Delegation. Yes. Oh, hey, this is Nancy from the World Herald. Hi, Nancy. So, 
So I think you all have said previously that about $10 million is going to be spent at Gavin's Point on repairs. Is that correct? And, and um, roughly, again, what were those repairs? And on the anomalies, where did you say those anomalies are at? Thank you. Well, the anomalies are downstream. They're in the apron downstream of the spillway gates. You say in the apron. Do you mean under the apron? Correct. And I, so I when you say you don't know what they are, do you mean you don't know whether it's gaps underground? You don't have – is that what you're saying? We just don't even know what they are? Correct. We Yeah. What what the ground penetrating radar does is it sends a signal down through – all the layers beneath, you know, through the concrete into the uh, frost blanket and into the bedrock, and every time it hits something different, it has a reflection back. So we're seeing some reflections, but we don't know what it's reflecting off of. And is any of that um, serious, uh, serious issue in terms of the structural integrity of the, the apron? No, it's, you know, at this point, no, it's not a serious issue. Yeah. And then just that overall $10 million, is that a correct figure? I, I'd have to get back with you on that. I, I don't have that handy. Okay. We'll email, I'll email it to you, Nancy, after the Thank call. You. Thank you. Okay. Do we have any other media with the state of Nebraska who have questions? Or anyone else with the state of Nebraska? Okay, then we will move to the state of Iowa. Congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, press, Hi, this is Molly Monte calling from the Sioux City Journal. Hi, Molly. Hi, Monique. Um, I just had another question about the Gavin's Point. Um, from uh, the question from Nebraska, I understand that it um, it's on the apron or it's underneath the apron. Um, I understand that you know you sounds like you don't really know what the anomalies are exactly, but um, I guess a do you have any speculation on what it could be, and uh, b um, you know. Can you tell people, for those people who aren't too familiar with dams, what the apron actually, you know, what function that serves on the dam? Well, the, well, the apron is, it's a, kind of a concrete chute right below or right downstream of the gate. So as the water comes out of the gates, it flows under the knees or over the top of the concrete into the river. So it's, it's to prevent erosion of the soil directly downstream of the gates. And and you mentioned the anomalies. Do you have any speculation on what, you know, uh, those anomalies could potentially be? No, at this point, we, we don't know. It would just be pure spe speculation. We don't want to speculate at this point. Okay. And are there is, is there any signs on the on the top of the concrete that there's something going on below, or is this just something that you found through the ground penetrating radar? Yeah, only through the ground penetrating radar. There's there's no visible stress on the concrete. So so the. Yeah, you know, we did not expect you know what we saw. Okay. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks, Molly. Do we have any other um, questions from Iowa congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, or press? Okay. Then we'll move to the state of Missouri. Congressional delegation members, state officials, local government, or press. This is Bob Pretty at the Missouri NAP in Jefferson City. Uh, we have a congressman down here who's wanting to cut the Missouri River Recovery Program budget from $71 million down to $50 million. If that gets through Congress, what will you not be able to do? 
that's probably a question that's more appropriate for Steve Fisher, who's down in Kansas City District, Bob, and he is not on today's call. I can, put you, I can put you in touch with him um, after the call today. I'll touch base with you once we conclude. Okay, I have to dash out and do a cover a meeting, but if you could uh, send him an email or something with his number, that would be fine. I will do that for you. Thank you. Thanks, Monique. Do we have any other questions from the state of Missouri? This is Marshall White at the News Press in St. Joe. Hi, Marshall. Hi, I got on a little late. Uh, when was the when were the anomalies discovered? Well, we, we conducted the test at Gamma's Point on May 9th, you know, and that's when the contractor went through with the ground penetrating radar. And it took a few weeks for him to go through and, and start um, to develop that da data. You know, it's, it's there's a lot of data to go through. He gave us the information, I believe, just a week and a half ago. Week, week and a half ago. So we not have we have not had it in our possession very long. Okay. I know you don't want to speculate, but um, typically aprons, which prevent erosion, once that starts and goes the opposite direction, doesn't that have a direct impact, uh, or isn't that not possible to have a direct impact on the dam? I guess what's, I, I'm not sure we understand the question, yeah. Marshall. Would you mind rephrasing it? Well, um, if you're discovering there's erosion, or, or if the anomaly turns out to be erosion under the, the uh, apron, uh, cannot that have a negative impact on the dam structure? I mean, it may not be in danger of breaking or anything, but if it's if not if not uh, attacked and repaired uh, or restored, um, it could cause serious problems. Well, at, at this point, we you know again we don't know what it is. You know if it's. You know, there's a whole list of things that could possibly be, and we want to pin down what it is. But from what we see, there's no danger to the dam. You know, we'll, we'll identify what it is, uh, determine what a corrective action needs to be, and proceed with it. But at this uh, point, hang on we, a we second. From what we see, there is no danger to the dam. Correct. Okay. Um, when do you think you will know um, more? About the uh, what the anomaly is, it, it could be a couple months. You know, will there be a Will there be a, a press release on exactly what it is? Absolutely. And what you intend to do? Correct. Yeah, we'll we'll do both. Once once we know what it is or have a good idea of what the anomalies are, we'll we'll definitely have a press release to let everybody know. And if we okay. need to do further investigations, we'll also put that out in a press release. It's just okay. at this point, you know, we've we have a mandate to to be transparent and let folks know what's going on, and and we're giving you the uh, latest facts. You know, at this point, we just don't know what what the facts are. But this is the latest information. Absolutely. Okay. And I'm sorry, your name again? Uh, this is Brett Bud with the Omaha District. Brett, is your name in the press kit? It is. Yes, it is, Marshall. That's fine. I think that's all I've got on this. Okay. Thanks, Marshall. Do we have any other questions from uh, State of Missouri Congressional Delegation member, state officials? 
local government, or press. Okay, moving to the state of Kansas. Congressional delegation members, tribes, state officials, local government, or press. Do we have any national press on the call today? Do we have any final questions before we conclude? Okay. Our next call is scheduled to take place Friday, June 22nd. An updated media advisory will be distributed as a reminder to you about one week prior to that call. We'd like to thank you for participating on today's call. We are now adjourned.